Okay, happy new year, everybody. Welcome to the RLSS UK podcast channel. This is episode number seven, and today's guest is Mark Dowie, Chief Executive for the RNLI. I'm delighted to welcome Mark, and Mark is going to be speaking to us about his journey to becoming Chief Executive of the RNLI and leading his organisation, as we all have done over the last year through a pandemic and the challenges that has brought. And um, hopefully we'll end on a positive. What are Mark's hopes and aspirations for 2021 and beyond? So, um, hi, Mark. Thank you for joining us. Hope you had a good Christmas and New Year. Thank you, Robert. Yes, I did. And a happy New Year to all of your uh, team too. Thank you. So, um, just let's start off, if we may. I want to get to know a little bit about uh, Mark himself, um, particularly for our listeners who may not be aware of your background. So I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and what do you manage to do when you're not working? OK, um, so where to start? Um, I um, uh, grew up in London, um, I'm Scots descent and uh, did the normal school university and then joined the Royal Navy as uh, as a young man and went off and had all of the 1980s in, in the Royal Navy uh, before then going and uh, becoming one of the world's much loved bankers. And I had a, a long, a long banking career in, in investment banking um, uh, split pretty evenly between London and Asia. I spent a long time in, in Hong Kong and Singapore as well. Um, in the middle of all of that, I thought I'd retired in my 40s and I bought and, and uh, owned and ran a uh, full service boatyard and fueling uh, business in Salkham in Devon. And so I had, um, we looked after about 500 boats and we had uh, 400 moorings and um, two fuel barges, Dartmouth and Salkham. I did that for six years uh, before selling it and then going back into banking, went back out to Singapore and finished my career as a banker, uh, as chief executive of Standard Chartered's um, global business. So everything the bank did that wasn't credit cards and checkbooks. And then <coughs> um, stopped again, tried to retire again and um, became a volunteer at Sulcum Lifeboat Station and uh, was a launching authority and then um, later on became lifeboat operations manager at Salkham. So responsible for everything everything that happens at the station, the people, the boats, the launches, training and everything else. Um, and absolutely fell in love with the organization and and its purpose and, and the way it, way it handled itself. And so when this job came up, uh, bizarrely, um, it was occupied by uh, a friend who who had been a fellow staff officer at Dartmouth in the Navy in the 1980s. Uh, but when this job came up, I decided to come out of retirement again and have, have a go at this. And uh, so I've been chief exec of the RNLI for the last 18 months. And what an 18 months it's been. <laughs> yes, and, and, and a fun fact is that we actually started a respective <clears throat> person exactly the same day. The 18th. We did. We did. Um, hopefully there's some kind of uh, divine significance in that at some point but um so, so it, it, your career then it has obviously taken a very um considered path did you have that planned out mapped out or <laughs> did you sort of fall into these roles as they became available did you did you ultimately think one day i want to be the chief exec of the rnli or or, or not um i i 
I don't tell then uh, anyone listening to this shouldn't tell their children this, but there's been absolutely no design to my career at all. Um, very little planning. I have um, I have uh, I suppose I, I suppose I've I've taken risk along the way and it was a risk coming out of the Navy, um, particularly at the time I did right at the end of the 80s when things weren't looking so good. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I've taken calculated risk along the way and I've always I've always followed um, my heart in a way. I've always wanted to go off and do things that um, I thought were going to be fun and where I'd be fulfilled. And I suppose to answer the question about did I ever think I'd end up doing this sort of thing? I think I did. I, I always wanted uh, at the end of my career to pull together everything I'd learned and do some good. And uh, I think um, leading as you're doing, Robert, you know, leading an important charity in, in the UK and Ireland um, is doing some good. And uh, I get I get great, great pleasure and personal satisfaction from it. Um, and uh, I can't think of a better way to to round off what has been admittedly a slightly odd career. Um, as I tell my children, I'm still still trying to work out what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> but uh, but it's been been a lot of fun and I've learned a hell of a lot along the way. And, and, and in a funny sort of way, all the different jobs I've done along the way have all contributed to what I know now. And I do I do feel that it's been quite an effective apprenticeship for this role, my past career. Okay, perfect. And 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 that makes me feel uh, better as well because I've had absolutely no forethought in terms of my career planning either, and and sort of very much followed a similar path. Just sort of identified interesting opportunities and gone with my heart uh, rather than my head a little bit. So that uh, seems to be working, which is always good. Just in terms of, I, I just want to quickly touch on on your previous career before we we, we look to the current role uh, just for a, a, a small section more um of the roles that you've had are there any particular sort of standout moments highlights anecdotes that you've got that you think wow that was a that was one of those pivotal moments in my personal life or my career that just that just spring to mind and 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 um just really resonate with you and and who you are as a person today yeah i mean perhaps two things from either end of my career actually i i'm I, serving as an officer in the royal navy was is is formative it, you know it's something that that never leaves you 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 can take the boy out of or girl these days out of the navy but you can't take the navy out of the boy or girl and that and that is that is true and i think in my time in the navy um I did several several jobs, but but one that really stuck with me and has been, uh, you know, a bit of a guiding light is my time on the staff at the Naval College at Dartmouth when I was responsible for training midshipmen uh, from 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 the UK, but also in international midshipmen too, and that um, that role uh, taught me a hell of a lot about people, um, a hell of a lot about what's important in terms of leadership, mentoring, and that sort of thing. So. So that was formative, um, and I guess I, in my in my banking career, I've I've been through quite a few crises, not of my own making. I hasten to add, um, but I was at bearings in Singapore when it went bust, um, and I've been through the global financial crisis, and I've been through the Asian financial crisis and the SARS episode in Asia, um, and and I suppose um, you know I, I I was probably a pretty impatient impulsive 
maybe even impetuous young man. And through the through the course of my career, I've uh, partly through hard knocks and those those all those episodes were hard knocks. They really were uh, personally and and um, in in with my employer. Um, I've, I suppose through that experience, um, I've uh, I've been able to to um, learn how to be calm and learn how to uh, see the wood for the trees. And and so those those um, those have been important formative events for me. Great, thank you. And and um, I don't know if this is common knowledge and I don't know if this is a secret about Dartmouth Naval College, but I've been there and there's a room where the future king and his brothers have all signed the ceiling. Uh, and apparently it's a ceremony where they hoist whoever's up <laughs> in charge of uh, whoever's from the, the royal household up onto the ceiling and they sign the signet and they sign their uh, names there. Okay, well, you're going to get the true story now. Okay. And, um, what, what, what you're talking about is the wardroom, which is the officer's mess, so the staff officer's mess in the college. Um, and that ceiling, in, when I was serving there as a staff officer, was covered in signatures, including my own. Right. And what you had to do was normally at the end of a very good dinner, um, you had to build a human pyramid and the person who hadn't signed the ceiling had to climb up the human pyramid. And the ceiling um, height is about, it's about, um, I would say it's about 18 feet. So there's yeah. no mean feet. Um, get up there and find a blank spot. Um, you can't make the pyramid move and uh, sign your name. And so it was covered in, in signatures. And uh, it, again, during my time, the then um, president of the mess decided that it looked unsightly and grubby. And so what he did was he ordered for the ceiling to be repainted, but he left uh, the three signatures of officers, uh, royal officers who'd gone through training recently, who'd done this, and those being uh, Prince Philip, Prince Charles and Prince Andrew. Uh, he left those signatures exposed. So those are the only three you can see, but mine's under there somewhere. Oh, wow. Well, I, 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 I didn't know that story. That's a fascinating story, because I think whoever recounted it when we were visiting said that it was just the royal household that were allowed to go up and, and sign that. So, uh, Short, shorter memory you. than me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, fa fast forward then to your current role obviously you, you you started 18 months ago and and um i suppose life was, was very very different there um in terms of 2020 specifically uh it was a, obviously a challenging year for everybody but how has it been for you on a personal level and, and and in terms of your leadership skills what do you think you've you've learned from this experience and, and continue to learn well it's been it's been a fascinating year and one that's given me um a great opportunity to reflect on all of that actually um i think i think the thing that i i um you know it, it's hard to imagine now but but look looking back to where this all started in march last year um the the thing that that um none of us knew was was what was going to happen next and so there was great uncertainty then and uh, we all had to navigate our way through that uncertainty in whatever way we could. And and it was, it was slightly bizarre uncertainty because it was an environment that was being changed sometimes uh, uh, illogically or apparently illogically, always with no warning. Um, and, and it made life extremely difficult. And so uh, being flexible um, 
and being uh, firm on delivery of a, of a, of a solid purpose. You know, we had an aim uh, right when it started um, to, uh, to serve our purpose, so to save lives, um, to keep our people safe and to ensure the sustainability of the charity. Mm-hmm. And and that that was that was a guiding light. Um, and uh, we then um, shifted very quickly to delivering the best possible life saving effect through the summer. Um, we did that, and then we've moved on again now to uh, getting back to full operations. And um, uh, we've learned a hell of a lot along the way. I mean, as a, as a as a from a personal perspective, it was extremely trying. I have to say. I mean, I. I uh, uh, we had quite a bit of press interest, particularly around the um, the rollout of the lifeguard service. Uh, that was that was um, uh, not attractive, and uh, an awful lot of um, the social media activity, in particular, but even some of the mainstream press was uh, ill-informed and and very unfair. So taking that on the on the chin was difficult, um, but but we had to do it. We had to move on. Um, and I I uh, I suppose the, the one thing I I would I would say as a an abiding feeling as we got to the end of the year was you know the the the, the people the the rli volunteers and staff were extraordinary i mean they just carried on and just delivered regardless of the circumstances regardless of the difficulties put in their place or in their way um, they just got on and delivered and we had we had an extraordinarily busy season particularly on the beaches so the lifeguards, having started late, really did deliver, and um, that um, yeah, that is a, a cause of, and it's a rightful cause of great pride in the organisation that we got to the end of the year um, safe, having delivered a great, a great uh, a response to what was a, an impossible position at the beginning. Yeah, I the the, um, the negative press and and uh, and those comments that that came about. Um, are you able to to departmentalize or compact those into into a box and or do you take them very personally how do you how do you personally deal with those well i think i think the day you stop taking them personally is the day you should leave the job i mean mm-hmm. i i you, you know i do take them personally i take them i take I, you know, I represent um one of one of this nation's great charities as you do and and i i i you know i I took personally those those comments, and I and I um, you know I felt them very deeply, honestly. Um, and and uh, what what's important is converting that emotion into um, reason, sensible activity and response, uh, rather than just responding to emotionally to the to to the attacks. And that's what we did. And and. Uh, I think with the benefit of hindsight, even someone I know, some of the people who were very vocal in their criticism rather feel rather sheepish now. But um, uh, at the time, it was um, it was yeah personally hurtful. Uh, and I and I I think I think we need to watch out actually a bit in this country. I I um, I don't I'm not on Twitter or Facebook. I think they're utter waste of my time. And, uh, <laughs> Um, and so, and I think people who spend a lot of time on those media have probably got more time than they should have. Um, but uh, each to their own. Um, but uh, but I I think we need to be careful. You know, we 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 put people in these situations um, and we open them up to uh, very vocal and and often often deeply personal attack. I mean, um, you know, some quite uh, 
extraordinary things were said to me in writing. Um, and uh, we should be careful. Uh, we, we, we're, we're, we're not going to have good people wanting to, to do these jobs um, if we uh, if we rip them rip them apart every time they're faced with an interesting situation. So it was it was it was a it was a cause of um, quite a bit of hurt. I'm being being honest um, uh, uh, with you, and uh, um, I I wouldn't want to go through it again. No, and 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 I, I don't I think it's justified anyway, and I think. From my outside perspective, I just it, it's it comes across as quite frustrating that people to actually don't understand the truth and understand what's actually happening on the ground and and they make wild assumptions that that that, that leads to I don't know whether they're doing it deliberately to, for for attention they probably are but it, it it's that sense of frustration that people don't really understand what's happening and on on the ground level and, and the decisions that are being made. I, I, I thought it was an interesting comment that you said um, uh, you talked about um, decisions being made almost without no warning. And, and we seem to have still been stuck in that. We're still stuck in that trait at the moment. Um, it's uh, I don't want to get into politics at all, but uh, it, it, it is certainly a frustration of ours that there seems to be. Um, quite a lot of afterthought in terms of some of the decisions that ultimately affect organizations like ours that um, are, are trying to make sure that people um, enjoy water particularly in a safe way and you know because we all get a massive benefit from that and and I suppose from our perspective being part of that conversation at the start rather than at the end is probably better for us How, is that was that something that you would that you would echo yeah I, I think it's it, it would it would have been nice to have had warning, particularly of the first um, lifting of restrictions. Mm -hmm. I, I think over time, what I've realised is that um, uh, this situation is impossible for any anyone to manage, and I would include the the governments of of Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and England, um, and Northern Ireland. Um, I think it's very very difficult, and and of course, if you give people warning it, it as as we've seen it, it leaks and then as quick as a flash your your one week uh, lockdown period turns into a three-day one because uh, the information's got out and everyone stops playing by the rules so i think that the, it's a fine balance for government between uh trying to to um if you're going to have these lockdowns try and give them the best possible chance of succeeding uh, and then taking some risk on what happens when you give no no warning of them lifting. I think I think for us last year, the particular issue for us was that uh, the initial lockdown had come at such a critical moment. We we were at the point where we were engaged in the normal ramp up of our lifeguarding service. So employment, recruiting, employment, induction, training, equipping, getting all that stuff out on the out onto beaches right at that moment uh, we were stopped and uh, the restrictions uh, just to remind everyone were, were considerable at the time and they stopped us doing really any of that work um, until we were told we could and that was on the night, the night before everyone was told to go swimming in the sea so it, it made it, it made life difficult and I suppose this year you know we'll, we'll come on to this year when you ask the question but but we're in a different place Sure. Uh, and and just to finish off, I think um, uh, I think we should acknowledge that, you know, the RNLI has continued to operate 
search and rescue you know you still put boats out to see when people get into trouble even throughout this year and, and you've saved more lives in this year or is it has it been a similar number you know have you seen a, an increase and 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 i think you know people need to recognize that throughout the challenges that every organization's faced you still put people out to sea and you still save lives and i think that is is something that um not too many people probably think about well we did i mean we we maintained a a 24-7 search and rescue service from all 238 lifeboat stations throughout the pandemic right through the summer and it's still operating perfectly so there's that on the lifeguard side we we uh, the noise if you like was around uh, the limited nature of our initial deployment um, by the end of the summer we were on 72 percent of the beaches we normally cover so it's 177 beaches we were covering and um uh we had uh you know, the, the evidence has just been collated now, but but I can tell you that we had a significantly busier year in the months we were operating than we would normally have had. And the 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 um, amazing increase in uh, recreational leisure, leisure activity on and in the water uh, was was uh, demonstrated in our statistics for um, for uh, incidents and saving of lives, you know, paddle borders, um cold water swimmers surfers kite surfers kayakers all these all these activities that have grown uh, immeasurably and and the, and the local shops around me in Salcombe, uh, they had run out of ocean kayaks run out of body boards uh run out of paddle boards uh in june couldn't get them for love nor money so uh that that's evidence in itself so it was it would, you know, I would say, I would say this, wouldn't I? We we worked extremely hard to deliver the best possible summer life-saving effect, and that was through lifeboats, through lifeguards, but also, and with you, uh, through water safety messaging. You know, we, you you and we did stuff together. We also did stuff with the MCA, with the Gaelic Athletic Association in Ireland, um, with SLSGB too. Yeah, we did. Uh, we've we've done different campaigns. We've supported your don't drink and swim campaign we've done work together on on uh, the cold water festive dips yeah um and and we're going to continue to do all of that because uh in a way that's probably um although it's hard to measure it's probably one of the biggest lifesavers uh you know the certainly the anecdotal evidence around float to live and and the various the various um campaigns you've been leading the anecdotal evidence is is extraordinary and so uh, we'll keep doing that too. Yeah, and 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 my hobby is is surfing, and and uh, I think um, similar experience. A number of surf shops, you know, were selling out phenomenal amounts of surfboards and, and equipment uh, early part of the summer, and it, and it's it's in, I mean it's fantastic because ultimately this you know part of for me this nation the greatness of this nation is we're surrounded by water you know there's inland waterways as well it's it's a huge part of our culture and our recreational activity and I would think we should encourage people to go out and to buy the equipment and get them the right equipment but also understand that maybe they need to think about some education some training some understanding of the challenges that they may face um going forward so i think we all we all desperately want to try and keep those messages going forward so um in terms of obviously 2021 i guess um you were 
potentially planning for a slightly different start to the year and I know we we were looking at 2021 being the sort of the the, the start of the new beginning as it were for for a lot of um, what we were going to be planning and this new lockdown has come in um, relatively quickly so how 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 is 2021 shaping up for you um, do you and how are you planning for lockdown three and do you have any immediate challenges that you're that you're looking at resolving and, and sort of look further into the year well uh, you know we um although i might have secretly held an ambition to to um spending 2021 cutting ribbons and eating lifeboat cake um i uh I, 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 and the whole organisation knew that um, that uh, this was coming, and of course, uh, the work, the the trip, the direction of travel was set by um, uh, the devolved administrations and and Ireland. Um, so, so uh, uh, the latest lockdown in England is just just um, a follow-on from from what's happened elsewhere. So we we've been preparing for it. We've been operating in in a COVID nineteen. Uh, competent capable way for many many months now and and um so as far as the lifeboat service is concerned uh the 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 initial things we did way back in at the beginning of last year where we we reduced our activity just to emergency call outs only uh, we're, we're now in a much um, better place for training and exercising uh, we've got routines for all of that so we're back back pretty much uh, within reason to uh, full operations in lifeboat stations, um, and we're maintaining them as normal. So that, so that, and, and that will just carry on. Um, lifeguards uh, is interesting. It's, this, this has come at an interesting time again. Uh, we uh, not only need to be ready for delivering a full service, so that's back up to 248 beaches minimum, um, but a full service. Um, it's phased as it is every year in 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 in, uh, in that we have about 50 on at Easter and then it grows um, exponentially through the summer. But we will be ready for that. And and I think we and we may do this with you as well. We should talk about it. Uh, we will probably need to be ready to provide some sort of um, advisory service at least uh, earlier than that, because I think uh, uh, as soon as restrictions are lifted, either before or, or after half term, uh, people will go to the beach and, and they'll they'll want to. And, uh, and why shouldn't they? And so we need to find a way to to keep them safe. And we'll so our water safety messaging will be earlier than it would normally be. Uh, and we'll probably we'll have a look at um, uh, providing some sort of beach patrols, that sort of activity uh, as well. Uh, but we're starting now. We we have to recruit 500 lifeguards for uh, Easter. That's all underway. Uh, we'll need uh, some of your help uh, getting them qualified and and get, getting getting the right sort of people. Um, but we're um, that's all underway and. Uh, and we will not be uh, deterred from that, um, not least because I don't wish to put myself through what I went through last May. Thank you for that. that and 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 that's very much external uh, the environment. Um, how how are things internally, and how how do you keep up morale within the staff team? And you know, it seems to be we take one step forward and then a couple steps back. And I know there's a vaccine coming, and everyone's. Um, very very helpful that that sheds some light on on the end of the lockdown system and, and moving into a different phase but 
yeah in terms of management and leadership how how, how have you managed to keep the troops uh, still fired up and effective during this time well i think we're both fortunate in the sense that that everyone who works for our charities and and of course all the volunteers um they're motivated they're motivated by by something pretty strong and that's a, a really important purpose and if anything has come through um last year's activities and all the noise uh yeah, the the one thing that's been reinforced beyond all measure is is the need for our for what we do, and so so there, and there's a really strong feeling there, volunteers and staff alike. Um, you know, we're we're doing we're doing something. We have a higher calling, if you like, and so that's that's a good start. Um, I I have to say though, I think I think um, you know, this third lockdown, you know, um, certainly in England, third lockdown. Others have had more um, elsewhere. Uh, it, yeah, this it, it's a bit like uh, like traumatic stress. You know, it builds on itself, and and I think we're we are uh, needing now to be extremely careful with with people um, who are finding this um, you know just building up and becoming um, a problem to deal with. So we're we're working very hard to ensure uh, the welfare of our uh, staff and our volunteers, um, and and we're we're helping them help themselves uh, with with all sorts of different tools which we've which we've helped people with um, and I think we're just having to be kind and you know we have a we have a, a mantra inside the RLI it's one crew um, and kindness is part of that and uh, we need to now um, perhaps more than in any other time be sure that what we're asking people to do is is achievable reasonable doesn't induce too much stress um, and uh, enables them to to get through this uh, in the way that they will need to. So encouraging people to take exercise and that sort of thing is important. It's, uh, it's tricky. Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, some really good advice. I think let's let's be positive and let's look towards the later part of um, this year. What um, what does that look like for you? And, and, and have you changed any of your sort of thinking I know you it's not so long ago that you released a new strategy um is that are you thinking about any changes because of the pandemic or is it very much the strategy was on point and and and, and we're gonna start to roll it out and develop it yeah we we spent we spent a bit of um time last year navel gazing um thinking about our strategy and, and whether or not it remained uh, relevant uh, all, and all the bits of it remain relevant um, and um, it, uh, I'm pretty sure that it's not only relevant, it's become even more appropriate, perhaps even fresher. Um, uh, some of the things we said in, in what we called our, our watch, which was the strategy document, uh, look with the benefit of hindsight, um, like they were remarkably prescient. Um, we got ahead of quite a few of the, the things we had to face last year um, by, by doing the thinking that went into that document. So I'm, um, you know, we and we and we didn't also we didn't spend all of last year just doing one thing. We we managed to stay on top of quite a lot. So while we're behind a bit in terms of the the five year planning and um, and delivering on the various things that we thought we'd, we'd get done by the end of this year, um, but while we're behind a bit, uh, quite a lot got done. So I'm I'm um, I'm determined as soon as as soon as as the vaccines are rolled out and they. Uh, allow the government to stop thinking of restricting 
individuals. So um, they won't, as, as we all know, they won't get rid of the disease, but what they'll do is they'll remove the need for lockdowns and these sorts of restrictions, hopefully, touching wood. Um, whilst, um, yeah, so what, when they're out, when we're, we're back in action properly, we can get back on the road to delivering on, on our watch. And uh, that's my firm intent. Uh, and um, that's uh, what everyone's going to work towards. So I'm, I'm. There's no, there's no. The the man's not for turning. <laughs> Great. No. I, and 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 I think that's um, that's a sign of a really good strategy, isn't it? That it can weather a storm like like the current one, um, because then that um, that makes it even more pertinent that uh, it's the right thing to do going forward. And and ours is is very similar. We we launched ours. Um, well, we were going to launch it in March 2020, um, and the uh, the weekend uh, that we were that we got board sign off um, was the weekend that Boris announced with lockdown one. So we subsequently have continued with that strategy because, again, like you reviewed it, and we think that it's still fit for purpose going forward, and 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 is more relevant than ever before. And one of those things I think that uh, I just want to touch on is that we talk a lot in, in in that about a partnership and we've already touched on the fact that you know lockdowns tend to um, result in a number of people migrating to outdoor activity once the lockdowns are over and we saw that spike in the summer that you've talked about. In terms of the benefits of partnership and helping us all to achieve our goals of making sure that following all these lockdowns and the fact that people have been cooped up for six to eight weeks or however long it's going to be, that that, that when they are able, that they do get back out into the open air, they get back to the coast and they do that in a safe way and, and we don't see a spike in the number of drownings. And, and how would you like to see organisations like ours coming together probably now and over the next few weeks to ensure that that happens? Have you got any thoughts on that? Well, I think we can. We're already doing it, as you know, Robert. I mean, I, I, uh, there, there, there's, you know, the RLI has a, a proud um, history of of uh, doing innovative things, groundbreaking stuff. It also has a, perhaps, a history of of um, uh, perhaps rejecting things that haven't been invented here, and um, I'm I'm determined that we that we change that mindset. We. We don't know everything. Uh, we don't have uh, a network that um, that means we we shouldn't be using other people's channels, other people's uh, advice and 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 thoughts. And so we we are going with our water safety uh, strategy in particular. So this is all the messaging that that we put out. We're going to make damn sure that we take advantage of working with people who know more than we do or who have. Um, channels that we don't have access to we're going to take advantage of doing that work and where where we can help we will always will do um we're um you know it's all about uh, for both of our charities it's all about saving that that extra life that you know saving everyone and so uh, do i care whether it's got an rlss badge on it or an rli badge on it i don't personally care as long as the message gets there and uh, that individual's given the best chance of surviving um, so we, we will do this work and we've learned a hell of a lot, I would say, you know, we did a lot of uh, great work with the MCA very early on uh, in the pandemic and we were continuing to do that. Um, we did some groundbreaking stuff with the Gaelic Athletic Association in Ireland, which has been enormously powerful. 
I mean, mm. we've reached virtually everyone in Ireland through through our own networks and through the GAA. Um, fantastic work. Uh, we couldn't have done that on our own. No way. And, and yeah, and, and I think you you're absolutely right, and echo everything that we believe in as well. I think um, in order to tackle, you know, because we're now at the point where we've done all the easy things. Anything that we could have done in the past to help reduce drownings and make sure people they're the easy they're the quick wins aren't they it's now the hard yards how do we get down from the 200 and odd it is down to a you know old if possible a zero level and that's going to be really tough and i think from my perspective the only way we can do that is collectively and so i'm very keen to to, well, to we do all, with we, organizations we, like yourself yeah with i suppose it's worth mentioning too that we face uh, new challenges all the time and if you, mm. you know that last last year was the first year i think this is true that um accidental drowning around the coasts was overtaken by not accidental drowning yeah. so suicide in particular um and this this uh, epidemic of um suicide and mental illness and vulnerable people as has is affecting every lifeboat station um and every beach uh, around our network and so we're, we're facing challenges like that and and the, the the reality is that's a it's a public health crisis and we we need to be working with people who know about the uh you know the deep-seated foundational problems that cause this disease yeah and um and so uh that's going to take partnership working yeah 100 100 absolutely 100 percent agree and i think what we what what is unclear is what the longer lasting impacts of uh, the pandemic and COVID and lockdowns are going to have on people's mental health and how that's going to um, to to play out over the next few years because I don't think it's going to be a, an instant fix as soon as COVID goes away people are going to go back to how they were so it's really important that we that we do that work now. Um, Thank you very much. I've got one final question and I want to end on a high note. So um, hmm. uh, what's the best thing about being chief exec for the RNLI? Oh, it's easy. Easy question, Robert. Um, it's, uh, well, it, it, it's something that, that I've not been able to enjoy much of um, during the pandemic. And the best, the best thing is going to see uh, lifeboat stations and beaches and meeting volunteers and staff. And uh, there's, there's every, every, um, Every station's different, um, but you know one thing that unites them all is if you go to a small coastal town in the UK or Ireland, and you you ask anyone in the street, you now what do the real people do here? Um, the answer is pretty pretty often uh, the real people are in the lifeboat crew, uh, or they're associated with the lifeboat. You know, they're fundraisers or they, um, and and that uh, meeting those people and seeing their commitment and um and their enjoyment of what we do is is the is the highlight easy easy question great thank you well um that's all my questions so thank you very much well i'm very answer. grateful and i i just like to say to, to all to you all um thank you for everything you're doing and particularly the work that we're doing together uh, it's very valuable and and i know it's uh, it's it's serving both our our purposes which are which are aligned and um, we look forward to doing a great deal more with you in the future perfect thank you mark so um thank you everyone who's listened to this and remember that all the rlss uk podcasts are available on our podcast channel and they're available through apple 
Spotify and Google. Uh, if you don't already, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And in next week's episode, we'll be speaking to Andy Salmon, who's the chief exec of British Try. And um, hopefully we'll get some fascinating insights about his life and how he's led his organisation through the pandemic and his plans for 2021 as well. So thank you, Mark. Thank you.